Welcome, my friends, to 1111 Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Haynes, and today I'm going to be talking with Karen Tatiana Baden. I met Karen at a David G. Spiritual Awakening Retreat in Carlsbad, California, in the fall of October 2022, and immediately felt comfortable around her. She had such a peaceful vibe to her that it was just really easy to be around her. And what really blew my mind was one night she led a sound healing ceremony. And that was the first time I had experienced sound healing. And it was very profound. And I knew right then and there that this is someone I wanted to interview here on 1111 Calling podcast. I know at this time, Karen is feeling called to inspire and teach others that transformation is possible through meditation. She definitely feels very passionate about this, so much so that she has become a certified Masters of Wisdom and Meditation teacher through the David G. Academy, and she is the owner and founder of Open Lotus Meditation. Today, we're going to take a dive into Karen's journey to this time and place in her life. And we're going to share all the ways which she helps others on their own journey. Welcome to the podcast, Karen. Thank you. I am so excited to be here and happy to be here. Um, I'm honored. I was like, yes. (laughs) Yay. Yeah, I, um, well, I'm grateful to have you here. I'm grateful that our paths have crossed. You know, um, I just, I know everything has a purpose and I have a lot of teachers coming into my life right now. And I consider you to be one of those teachers and I'm very grateful for it. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to share what you do and what your gifts are to the listeners of this podcast. You know, one thing you had said is that right now you're feeling um, called to inspire and teach others how meditation can lead to purpose, love, and balance in their lives. I love that. And I would love for you to first start with how you got to this point. You know, what did it take to get you to finding this passion for yourself and the desire to share it with others? Yeah. You know, I was what we call a crisis meditator. Um, for many years, I, I just, you know, I've been married four times. This is my last time. (laughs) And every time I would go through a heartbreak, I would meditate and I would like Google Tara Brack or something and do her YouTube videos. And, and then I would, it would be the cycle. I would start to feel better. And then I'm like, Oh, this works. I don't need any more. And I would stop. Um, and then about eight years ago, I was, um, CEO of a cat shelter here in Tucson, Arizona. And I was having literally panic attacks every single day where I would drive to work. And as I was driving, I would have to pull over and I would be like, oh my God, I'm going to lose consciousness because I could not catch my breath. Um, And I went to see doctors. And of course they were like, here's some Xanax and (laughs) here's this. And so medicate yourself. Um, but I've never been the type of person that took medicine. I just what I am not, I don't even take Tylenol. So I was like, 
not really my, what I want to do. And I had a lot of compassion fatigue from my job, of course, because, you know, the CEO of the company made the decisions to put the cats down, or if a cat died, or if the cat was sick, how much money we can put into a cat. So it was a lot of responsibilities outside of like the normal CEO things like budgeting and staffing and et cetera. And I just felt a lot of that overwhelm and my staff was feeling it. So I brought a meditation teacher in because I knew that meditation could possibly help. And she did a 10 minute meta meditation that shifted me completely. I mean, we were all like sitting there sobbing, <gasps> no idea why right and uh i went up to her name was is or her name is julie and i said julie how do i get this every day because i felt this huge release like my shoulders weren't as tight anymore it was 10 minutes 10 minutes of meta and she's like download inside timer app and i was mm -hmm. like okay <laughs> and and she's like and just do meditations and i was like okay <laughs> So I started with three minutes of meditations in the morning and one minute in the evening. And I started to feel so much rage as I started my pro my journey. I was like, what? I thought that I was supposed to feel calm and relaxed and why am I so <laughs> angry? And um, there was a group for beginners and inside timer. And I was like, why am I feeling this? And someone there was like, you need to contact David G. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know who that is. So I contacted David G and I sent him an email and he wrote me back and I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God. And, uh, and that's how my whole journey started where I went deeper. Um, he became my teacher, my mentor. Um, and then I got certified through him and I had a lot of ups and downs in my marriage um, during that time um, of my journey of my awakening. And my husband gifted me a, a meditation retreat. And I went to my first meditation retreat and I knew right there and then that I no longer wanted to be in corporate America, that I wanted to help others transform as I had through meditation. And I stood up in front of 37 people and I said, I am going to transform the world by transforming myself through meditation. And that's my commitment. And six months later, Open Lotus was born. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. I absolutely love that. Yeah. It's it, so it, inspiring just in and of itself to just listening to you because just being able to hear your story and how relatable it is, is like churning up my heart and my soul and my desires right now. And it's just, it's a scary feeling, but it's a very welcomed and um, it's time, you know, so I love it. Thank you. Um, and I, I, could you define meta for our listeners? Because sure. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people might be familiar with that. Yeah. So meta is a love and kindness meditation that comes from the Buddhist tradition. And there's many different formats of meta. Um, there's where you breathe in the meta unconditional love of the universe and you expand that out to others there's um, what we call the meta affirmation. So we say, may you be kind, may you be well, may you be. So it's like that may you is like extending that out. Um, and so all it is, is that you're just extending love and kindness, not only for others, but for yourself, because in the Buddhist tradition, you got to start with you. 
and um, I love Meta. I, I do Meta every single day and my um, my monthly newsletter is called Meta Talks. <laughs> mm, nice. I like that. Uh, I want to talk about open lotus meditation. Can you tell the listeners what that is? You said that's what you started and made that commitment six months after your teacher training. So what is open lotus? So um, open lotus meditation is my company and um, I really concentrate on several services to help and I teach and, and help others transform through meditation, through one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, those are very specialized one-on-one -on -one sessions that I do with my clients um, all over the world. I'm not just based in Tucson. I do have a studio in Tucson, um, but I do it like tonight. I have my Japan client. Um, so I always have to do that one at night because when it's my nighttime, mm -hmm. it's her daytime. And those are meant to really, for those who are truly committed to transforming, that's what's called commitment to transform, to begin to shift and start their journey, wherever they might be in meditation. So it's very lesson-based. It is meditation-based. I'm teaching you all the things. Um, another part of my service is I am a sound healer. So I have sound healing um, group classes. I only do that live here in Tucson on Fridays and Saturdays. Um, I do meditation retreats in Sedona, and mm. those are every month starting in March. Um, I take a break in the winter, I mean, in the summer and in the winter. Um, so I go March, April, May, and then um, September, October, November. Um, and I love those. We dive very deep into meditation in a four-day process. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of movement. We hike, we go to the vortexes, mm. we do sound healing in the vortexes. It's really special. Um, and then I also have a, um, a whole corporate package for those businesses that want to bring in meditation into their um, culture. And lastly, I have a meditation membership. So that is like the perfect way to start your meditation, dip the toe, not necessarily commit financially too much, um, but you get guided meditations every week, lessons, affirmations. Mm -hmm. um, journaling prompts, um, tools and habits that you can put in place daily. It's a beautiful platform of community where it's, you know, people all over the world who want to commune together and be in that space. So that's like whole open Lotus in itself. And it's, yeah. you know, I try to do as much as I can with a little bit of time. It's a one man show. It's just me. Yeah, really. That is a lot to cover yeah. under that. Do you ever find like you're squeezed a little too much? Where have the challenges like popped up for you that you maybe had to kind of gel and shift and flow and whatnot? Yeah, um, I definitely felt that squeeze in 2022 and 2021 in the beginning of the year in 2022 and towards the end of 2021 um, because um I had a struggle with having a, I need to make money mm -hmm. and I'm a healer. So for me, it was coming to terms that I needed to stop giving my services away. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing just so many people for free. Um, and then I'm like, you know, I, I do offer a lot of free things. I offer the inside timer lives. I offer free guided meditations. I offer free 30 minute sessions. But I, on top of that, people are like, I can't afford you. And I'll be like, don't worry, you can still see me. 
Um, so I was, I was filling up my schedule with a lot of free people and giving a lot of energy. And then I took a, a, an abundance class and my coach Gabriela was like, are you a charity or are you a business? And I was like, I'm a business. And she's no. like, yeah, finish. Stop giving your money away. She's like, yeah. your time is your currency. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. And in August of 2022, I made a commitment to work less and make more money. And I released a lot of that guilt mm. that I had with being a healer and a teacher and a coach and, and transforming with me. Like I have to put myself first. I teach this, put yourself first. Now I got to do it. Um, so when I made that shift, I was like, Oh, okay. I can work less and make more money. Wonderful. You know, this is something that I hear a lot from healers in particular, <clears throat> that two, two things. Some feel that if it is their dharma to help others heal, that that is just something you do out of kindness, um, that somehow it's wrong to make money doing that. And the other side of that that I hear is uh, kind of like, yeah, people will say they can't afford it. And so I think then the individual, the healer is like, uh, maybe I'm not good enough. Who am I to charge this much for this service? You know, it, it's kind of interesting, you know, because I think when, let's say somebody goes to medical school and it's time to to share their healing in that way, they, they don't say, Oh no, no, I'm not going to work for $200,000 a year. I'll just do it for like 40 ever. Would anyone say that? So I think that that is a, a, a huge part for healers in general of all forms, really anybody to value themselves in a way, knowing that they do have something to offer. And there are those out there who need that. And that is kind of the beautiful relationship that you can have with each other. So I'm, I'm glad that you kind of talked about that. Yeah, it you know, it was a huge shift for me in my life. I struggled with it. I had to come to terms with it. Um, Gabriela, my coach, really helped me through that. Um, and, you know, I have these cheaper things like my membership you can you get to choose yeah, like for you get sure 15 bucks 20 bucks 25 dollars a month to get all the things people spend that a week on lattes easily easily and, and they're like but i can't afford one-on-ones with you right right can't i can't pay you and i'm so i had to really come to terms with the fact that and i still struggle with it to this day I have to consistently tell myself my time is my currency. I like that. I'm going to, I'm writing that down right now. My time is my currency. My time and energy is your time and energy, right? Is your currency. And you have a choice as to what you want to spend your currency on. Yeah. And who do you want to give it to? That's a big reframe for me like to think about it that way. 
I catch myself. I have to call myself on this all the time too, because, you know, I'm constantly interested in whether it's a retreat, a class, healing modality, or even like pottery class, you know, these things that are nurturing self-care or gifts to myself of learning and healing. And I will think in my, I, I can't afford that. And then I'm like, bullshit. So it's interesting. I think that how we convince ourselves we can't afford something, which is also like the flip side of that is like, are you saying you're not worth that investment, you know, into yourself or that somebody else isn't worth that, you know, that they don't have that to offer. It's so weird (laughs) how we do that. It's all in our mind. Our Mm -hmm. our thoughts become things, Mm -hmm. right? It's very scientific. It's a reticular activating system in our brain. And there are millions of neurons in our brain that are tangled in with our RAS system. And we choose how to train it, what to focus on, what we see out of this world. That's why there are people that are half full and then there's people that are half empty. I've always been a half full kind of individual, but I have my 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 bloom and doom days and I mm-hmm. give myself permission for those. But for the most part, I'm in the half full. But that's because I have put in all this work. You got to do the work, right? There is a, a, an author, um, it's escaping me. She has a book called The Work mm-hmm. and it's all Byron Katie. Byron oh, yeah, Katie. yeah. She talks about you got to do the work. It doesn't just magically appear. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I talk to people, when I'm teaching about meditation, people are like, I'm meditating, but nothing's happening. And I'm like, are you doing the work? What do you mean? All the work that comes with the meditation. <laughs> right. right. Because the meditation is only a 20 to 30 minute practice twice a day. But what about the other 23 hours of your day? What are you doing with that time? Are you living your life at your best version day to day? Meditation is your, t- it's like fertilizing the soil. Mm-hmm. But then you have to do the work. Like I've been meditating for seven years consistently twice a day. I have never to this day missed a day. Even through my surgeries, I had a breast reduction. And this is this is a true story. My breast reduction was scheduled for 2.30 in the afternoon. And I was like, crap, that's going to mess up my evening. <laughs> so I told, um, they're prepping me, right? Between prep and everything's like 3.30. I have two IVs in my arm. I'm butt naked. They have scrubbed me in. And I said, excuse me. (laughs) Can I have 20 minutes to do a meditation? And they were like, yeah. They pulled up a chair in this freezing operating room. I was in the operating room. Sat me down and I laid and I sat there as comfortable as I could because they couldn't put a blanket on me because they already have scrubbed me in. So cold. And I did a 20 minute meditation. Because it's a commitment that I've made to me to have that practice be that part of my DNA. Because I knew when after my surgery, I wasn't going to be able to meditate. Now when I'm high on drugs and Mm, in pain, and I didn't know how I was going to react to anesthesia, how long I was going to be under. So I was like, I got to get this med in. So it's a commitment that you have to make. And that's just part of it. And then the others work. Are you reflecting? 
are you asking the hard questions in meditation and outside of meditation? Because there are some meditators out there that are straight up assholes. They're like, I meditate every day, but they walk around yeah. judging, mean. And that's because they don't do the other part. Really tying in a core value, a belief system that is based on kindness and love. That makes me think of David G. So I talk about him a lot. Also, he's one of my favorite people. So listeners probably are like, oh, yeah, there's his name again. <laughs> but um, in his meditations on Insight Timer, a lot of them are ended with a meta moment, which is now what do you take from this meditation to carry through your day to kind of remind yourself like, OK, here's what I'm going to try to carry through my day because it's so easy like to get done and you're like oh I feel good and then you know there's the shiny object over here that just distracted me and then when you get like and then you get pissed about something and somebody triggers you and you're running late and all the things that can happen throughout the day that just pull you in a million different directions like how disconnected do you come from that state and that thought process that you were able to connect with in meditation so I do think it's important what you're saying, like, how do you actually, how does that show up for you and manifest through the, through your day? And that is not easy sometimes, I think. And, and I think too, like I have days where I'm like, because I, I am committed to meditating at least twice a day. And there's times where like, I just wake up in a bad mood and, or I'm in a hurry and I feel like, okay, I'm going to meditate and I, I do it, but then I'm like, oh, it wasn't a good one because I have a shitty attitude, but I'm still showing up for it and still trying, which I think is important. And I often will reframe that thought to, I have to go meditate to, I get to meditate this morning or this evening. And so, I mean, there are those days it's challenging. Do you find that too? Absolutely. This morning was a challenging one for me. <laughs> and as a teacher, and um, I don't know, Michelle, if you ever feel this, like you feel like an imposter. Yeah. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. I do this for a living. I teach for a living. And I'm really sucking on my medi right now. And it's yeah. like, I have to literally remind myself, the only bad meditation is the one you don't show up for, my love. Yeah, I like that. The only bad meditation is the one you don't show up for. This morning, I'm getting comfy. I meditate. I like my bed. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it moves up. I have lots of pillows. Mm -hmm. I have my blanket. I'm warm. I like to meditate naked. So I'm like, yeah, this is my space. And then the dogs, scratching this. The other one's snoring. I was like, what the f is happening right now? Mm -hmm. And I was literally 17 minutes in and I couldn't settle because all of these external things were disturbing me but I when I'm feeling like that I take a deep breath and I say to myself this is a beginner's mind this is my first meditation and I'm gonna get it exactly what I need out of it and as soon as I surrender mm -hmm. When I let go of the judgment, I go right into stillness. 
which are the last three stages of meditation, right? There's, there's six, settling, witnessing, drifting, judgment, surrendering, and being in stillness. And at any mm. time during our meditation, we can move through these different stages. When we're having a bad medi, and I quotation bad mark, bad because mm -hmm. no meditation is, is, is bad, you get, you're kind of stuck in that settling and, and witnessing and drifting because it's like noise, noise, thoughts, I'm feeling uncomfortable. And then what do most people do? They stop. They just like, forget it. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Really, that judgment needs to really transform into surrender. And once we surrender, it shifts to stillness to that turya, that gap that we all crave, that silence, that beautiful, you know, feeling of just being at peace. But we have to kind of go through it. Mm -hmm. So yes, bad meditations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just to put this out there, folks, this morning, Karen had a live event on Insight Timer. And now you've heard me talk a million times about Insight Timer. I love it. Um, it's been a game changer, life changer for me. There's lots of different, you don't have to do insight timer, but if you do <laughs> look for Karen on there and her, you know, there's lots of offerings there, but this morning's live med med uh, well, it was an event meditation was part of it, but also we, we talked about, um, releasing stuff out of 2022 and making room for what to bring in in 2023. And it was an amazing event. So I'm so looking forward to other offerings that you do there. Um, I just wanted to kind of drop that in because uh, it was, it was really cool. It made a lot of sense. Do you want to just mention real quickly what you covered with the five realms and what that is? Sure. Um, so I have been using the five round tool for about six years or so. I think it's been six years. Um, David G taught it to me because you know, as listener, David G is my teacher. <laughs> Mm -hmm. a mentor and he certified me as a master's of wisdom a meditation teacher um and these five realms are a fantastic way to just look at the lens of of your world through these very beautiful realms that you can implement small incremental shifts that have huge transformative impacts in your life but einstein said it best energy cannot be created or destroyed only transform and when we're trying to plant seeds for the next year or whenever but we're holding on to the junk mm -hmm. it's impossible for us to really to allow other things to birth so we have to release them and if we can do that in the physical realm which is all about our body sex eating the way we look the way we move, our health, the emotion around the way we respond to when our our buttons are pushed, our material around stuff, things in our life, our relationship around the relationship we have with us and others, including those we have agreements with, acquaintances, friends, family, and the spiritual realm, all about your connection with source, the higher being. When we can look at these very specific realms and put attention, intention, and action into them, but we always begin with a release, we're able to plant these beautiful seeds that can then bloom because we have space, we have room. And um, I've been doing that 
that tool for so long. Um, I visit it every quarter. I read them every morning, what I write down mm. for myself. And I find that when I feel completely overwhelmed and not sure what direction to go, that always puts me at peace and gives me clarity and the stressifying impacts. Like I'm like, yes, I know exactly what I need to do because when we are feeling stressed, if we just, even if we just close our eyes for a second and, and we're like, okay, what, what am I stressing about right now? What is my anxiety level at right now? We can literally point, point, pinpoint if it's a physical, the emotional, the relationship, the material, or the spiritual realm. And if we have that clarity as to what we need, we can reduce the stress. Because stress is defined as our reaction to our needs not being met. So we're like, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. It's because your needs aren't being met. And if we can pinpoint, if we can put attention, intention, and action in that need, we have this stress and fight impact, which brings us peace and clarity and joy and happiness. And then we're at a much better space. Yeah, a better space to actually, I think, then take the further action for those areas in which you got clarity on. It's so true. Like when you're like caught up in that bundle of stress and overwhelm, you can't, you can't, you can't like function or even know where to begin. And so just taking a breath and taking a moment and then kind of passing things through those five realms and using the tools that you have at your disposal to, you know, whether it's journaling, meditation, tapping, sound healing, which I want to get into with you too. Um, I think those are the things that that allow you, that you can choose. It's a choice. You can choose to utilize those things to help you along your path to get you where you want to go. So um, yeah, sound healing. So y'all, I had never experienced sound healing. It was one of those things I had heard of, but I was like, I don't even know what that is and how does that work and vibration, you know? And I was able to um, experience sound healing when I went to a retreat and Karen was one of the teachers there, it was really cool. I bought a little bowl since then. It's just, a little, <laughs> and I love it. And I don't even know, maybe you can talk about how it works. Like, I don't know how it works, but I will utilize it before and after meditation. And, and if I'm feeling stressed or just icky feeling or having anxiety about something, I come in my little Zen meditation room and I'll pick up the bowl tap it and kind of do little circles around the top and just feel that vibration. And it's calming to me. It's really cool. So mm -hmm. I want to just like, turn it over to you to talk about sound healing and just all of it. Yeah. Uh, so sound healing is actually very scientific. It's been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Music in general mm -hmm. is healing. The way it works is um, depending on the style of sound healing you're going to, if it's crystal bowls, Tibetan bowls, Indian bowls, whatever modality, you know, gongs, flutes, there's just so many um, that you're bringing into the space is going to help you kind of calibrate, balance and align the body with your energetic levels in your chakra centers. So your seven chakras. 
starting from the root all the way to the crown. But what it's doing is literally regenerating your physical cells in your body and in your brain because we are 70% water. And when we're in the space of healing, our bodies are literally dancing with that vibration. If it's a 432 or a 635 or whatever it might be, a 740. And we're finding, because we're very static when we're in that space of like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Mm -hmm. We're very static. So we're not in a balanced state. When we go into a sound healing bath, we're literally recalibrating the body to be in a space where it's supposed to be energetically and spiritually physically it just feels amazing um and when we look talk about this the the seven chakras which could be like five sessions on its own i know i was like do we explain what chakras are really quick those are um points running from kind of your tailbone area to the top of your head that are energy centers throughout your body and we won't go into more depth than that just look it up it's C-H-A-K-R-A. You can learn more about that, but that's in briefly what that means. Yeah. Um, um, and when our when our chakras when our are not aligned, we get a lot of physical ailments. Like they they manifest um back pain, sore throats, thyroid issues, gut issues, um, heaviness on the shoulders, headaches. I mean when if there is something going on with your body that's not like you know diagnosed by a doctor it's probably your chakras blocked and going to a sound healing session is going to help open that whole energetic space and chakras you can actually see them if you get a scan mm-hmm. of your body you can see all seven because in those areas we have tons of of nerve endings and functions that you can actually see physically. So they're not just like woo-woo. Right. It's actually part of the body. Yeah. And tell, uh, explain the numbers. You were mentioning numbers when you were talking about the sound vibration. What is that? So those are hertz. Um, and hurt vibrations have very specific healing elements to the body. Um, so for example, if you have a the root chakra, the hertz for the root chakra chakra is a 396. And that's going to align the body to connection to source. I mean, I'm sorry, to mother earth, to family, to understanding where you need to go. Um, You know, a 741 is your throat. It's all about expression. It's all about giving yourself permission. Um, If you want to get a little bit more generic, then you can go to, for example, a 528, that's a miracle tone that helps the DNA repair. Mm, that's cool. Um, if you're having problems with your relationships, a 639 hertz is going to really help with interpersonal relationships. A 741 is going to give you, you know, solving problems, um, solutions, creative expressions. And um you know, it says here, I'll read this as well. Sound and frequencies are used to impact human health in several ways. These specific frequencies are alternative medicine to healing the human body. 
So if you go on YouTube and type in, let's say, you know, um, 174 hertz, you're going to, it's going to come up with lots of things that you could just listen to throughout the day. There's even a hertz 40. Hmm. It helps with Alzheimer's disease. So it's really amazing the way sound can affect the brain and give you so much physically, emotionally, and mentally. Yeah, this is a whole area I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I, I want to explore and learn about more. You know, I went and bought a bowl and it's from this um, Tibetan store. And I was asking the guy, there was a few different sizes. And I'm like, well, because I had heard some of them are tuned to different chakras. And he was like, well, that will be good for any of them. And I was like, I don't know, but I figure whatever intention or just allow it to go where it needs to go. But all I know is I feel better. <laughs> you know, I feel it feels good. And, and I love it. Yeah. And there's two school of thoughts when it comes to sound healing and, and attaching them to your chakras. There's a school of thought that says that, no, there is no specific uh, tuning to the chakra. And then there's another school of, of healing that says, yes, of course there is. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I always say go with whatever your gut and your heart tells you. And that's all you can do. Right. Like when I sit down to play. I just go by intuition, what the yeah. room is, what the energy is telling me. Should I play like this? Should I play like that? I don't go in and be like, this is how I'm going to play. No, right. it just, you know, flows. And you, I mean, you, you've been there. I just let it go. <laughs> and oh, that's see so happens. cool. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you for explaining a little bit about that. I've been curious and, and I wanted to open up and share a little bit about that which you offer through your open lotus meditation and then the other area are your retreats I had no idea you did so many to me in my mind it seems like wow it would be like the idea of putting on a retreat seems overwhelming like the planning of it that's just me and it's not something I have experience with so then to and just the energy exchange like that's another thing like the people that come together and the energy that can go on there. And that would be a concern for me. Like, what is the energy of this group? But I guess that goes back to surrender and trust in the, in that work. Has that ever been, does that ever come up for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 1000%. Well, first I think my retreats are very different than most retreats. I only take five to six people. That's okay. it. Okay. So they're very intimate. They're very small. We stay in the same house. We're sharing a lot of space, but I, I don't want to call it an interview, but I, I, I do. I, before anyone can sign up, I don't have it. I don't have anywhere where people can just sign up for an, for a retreat. Mm -hmm. We have to sit down, have a conversation. I see what you're looking for. And then I'm like, okay, yes, you can come to the retreat. It's, it will benefit you versus this is not the right space for you. Mm -hmm. So I'm very um, exclusive in that way where I want to have the right people who need, who I know I can service mm -hmm. and the other individuals that are coming can jive. I've right. moved people around where I'm like, this group is not the best group for you. I think maybe you need this group. Uh -huh. um, and I've been doing this long enough where I can tell, you know, in the, in the first 10 minutes where I'm talking to someone that, 
it's not the right space for them. Especially since I'm a one man show. No one's helping me put these retreats together. It's just me. I used to have an assistant that would come with me and I opted out of it. I was like, you know what? I can do this on my own. I just feel that connected to my tribe. And it's so transformative, but I am extremely exhausted by day four. Um, I'm, I'm literally on 24 seven expanding energy, holding space for everyone there. And I'm still getting up, you know, three hours before first meditation wow. to do my own meditation. Sure. And then I have to set the house up, cleanse the house, get everything ready, do the coffee, the teas, the breakfast, because I provide breakfast. Um, I do it all. And I and I have to say that this year, in 2023, I'm kind of open it to source a little bit because um, my I normally, my March retreat is already filled by now and it's not. And I'm like, you know what? If it doesn't get filled, I'll cancel it it's okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling more trusting mm -hmm. that the right time will happen for every retreat versus before I was like, okay, I got to get this retreat filled. I got to get this retreat filled. Now I'm just kind of going with the flow a little bit. How do you refill your tank? A lot of meditation. Um, when I come home, there's a lot of like downtime where I'm just um, doing a lot with my family, a lot of time alone. I go into mm -hmm. spaces of silence, so I'm not talking. Um, and so that really helps when I'm, you know, when I'm recharging. That's incredible. I'm excited that, that you have them offered so often. Uh, in closing, um, there was one question I want to ask. I'm, I'm starting to ask this of every guest at the end, because I think it's a thing right now it's a it's a important um what does feminine energy rising mean to you what does feminine energy rising mean to me so if we go to the sacred text and we define shakti which is beautiful feminine energy that's your nurturing energy, your caring energy. It's your vulnerability. It's when we can really allow ourselves to surrender and give to ourselves and others. So when we have this beautiful feminine energy rising, we're living our life at our highest vibration. We're no longer fearing all that false evidence appearing real that we consistently have in our lives because we are conditioned to live that way. We're stepping into our power. We're allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, to show the world that we can step in that power through our real self. So I definitely think that there's a lot of feminine, beautiful energy rising coming yeah. And it's going to be magnificent, especially for you, for that individual, for looking at yourself internally and saying, am I stepping into my power today? Can I allow myself to be vulnerable in that vulnerability lie in our strength? That's my answer. Thank you. And, <laughs> you know, I think at the beginning you said, we transform 
the world through transforming ourselves. And I think that's an aspect of that transformation is that embracing of each of us, our own feminine energy and what that represents. Well, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I'm very oh grateful. Gosh. Thank grateful. you, Michelle, for having me. Yes. yes. Grateful You're to so- have met you. Grateful to learn from you because you are a teacher for me and grateful to share this with listeners today. Yes. And, you know, I'm so grateful and I hope you have me back. I would love to do this again. Um, This is my joy, my passion, my purpose in life. And um, yeah, it comes to me with authenticity and just flow and love and meta and feminine, beautiful energy because, you know, I'm cheering for you. I'm in your front row. Mm, I love that. I want you to know that because we all need someone there that we can go to and trust and know that without judgment, you can go to that person. And I always tell people, you're not alone. You have Mm -hmm. me wherever you might be in your life when you're ready and you need a conversation and you need someone to talk to. I got your back. Thank you so much, Karen. And I'm going to take you up on that. I would love to have you back and have another conversation. And real quick, these this will be in the show notes as well. But if people want to connect with you, is that best through your website or where where are all the spaces people can can learn more about you? Um, they can definitely go to my website at openlotusmeditation.com. Um, if they want to have a free 30-minute consult with me or connection call, whatever, I don't even know what to call them. They're just conversations and, and meetings. Um, you can definitely request it and we can get you on the schedule. Awesome. Thanks so much. Mwah. Much love to you. Namaste. I'm so grateful we got to connect with Karen today on the podcast. I hope that you found some sense of inspiration or you learned something new today. And I encourage you to look at what Karen has to offer, see if any of it resonates for you and feel free to reach out to her. She is so easy to talk to her energy and the grace with which she approaches all kinds of topics is beautiful and yummy. Feel free to share this episode with friends and family if you think that they'd also be inspired. If you like what you hear here on 1111 Calling Podcast, feel free to follow me on any podcasting platform, leave a review, share on social media. All of that helps us spread inspiring stories and messages to others so that we can all show up and trust in what's calling to us right now. I appreciate you all. Much love to you all.